Man Up on Iowa Catholic Radio with Joe Stopulis and Father Zach Kautsky is inspiring men to live out their call to holiness every Monday at 9 a.m. and 9 p.m. Courtesy of John Harada, Farm Bureau Financial Services, Construction Professionals, and Global Tech Services and Global Aviation Resources. It's time to Man Up. Welcome to Man Up on Iowa Catholic Radio. We are broadcasting from the Mercy Live Up Studios, heard on 1150 AM, 88.5 FM, 94.5 FM, and around the globe, streaming online at iowacatholicradio.com and on the Iowa Catholic Radio app. Also, please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. I am Joe Stopulis, along with Father Zakowski. Today we're joined by Dr. Matt Halbeck from the St. Joseph Educational Center here in Des Moines. And we're going to discuss the topic of his recent uh, talk at the men's conference, Becoming a Man of Mercy. Before we get into that, Father Zach, would you please open us up in a word of prayer? Yeah, it's great to be with you here, Joe. Happy Easter. Happy Easter. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's risen. Why don't we begin with a prayer in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Help me, O Lord, that my eyes may be merciful, so that I may never suspect or judge from appearances, but look for what is beautiful in my neighbor's souls and come to their rescue. Help me that my ears may be merciful. Help me, O Lord, that my tongue may be merciful. Help me, O Lord, that my hands may be merciful and filled with the good deeds. Help me that my feet may be merciful, that I may hurry to assist my neighbor. And Lord, help me to have a merciful heart, that I may myself feel all the sufferings of my neighbor. And Lord, we ask this in your name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father, uh, so Easter Sunday was yesterday, right? Yes, it So was. Easter's over, right? Isn't that yes, how this works? It's had, just done. I had two Masses, and I had... A lot going on. Yeah, but so it's now, busy. so now Easter's over, right? We're not, we're done celebrating Easter. Isn't that how this works? Well, <laughs> you know better than that, Joe. No, we're actually in the octave of Easter, which is why. By what the is way, the octave of Easter, Father? Why we shouldn't be, we should not be fasting from yes. food during this time. Uh, yes. Or fine, twist my arm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you must eat sweets. You must have sweets. No, we we believe Christmas and Easter in uh, eight days of celebration. So there's the octave of Easter, which is. Uh, eight days, so uh, starts on Easter Sunday and goes through Divine Mercy Sunday, which mm-hmm. is the second Sunday of Easter. So it's in the church we really consider it as this is Easter every day. So mm-hmm. uh, you should celebrate and uh, enjoy that. Yeah. So again, celebrate within reason. Within reason, say. but but again. We talk about now so often uh, using the liturgical calendar as a way, and we had that conversation with Bo and Bud, mm-hmm. about using it as a way to differentiate ourselves from normal everyday life instead of just using football seasons as the seasons of marking time. This is a, you know, the church gives us time to celebrate. Yeah, this is the feasting time. We just had 40 days of not celebrating. We just had the fasting of 40, 40 I am plus hungry. days. Yeah. I'm hungry and I, I want to eat. Yeah, this uh, is the feasting time. So, so this is the feasting time. So again, we, we just encourage you this week, I have to Easter Monday and the whole week, use it to celebrate the Lord. I mean, praise the Lord, uh, listen to good music and and eat good food, and use it as time to celebration to uh, to remember uh, the, what happened yesterday. Uh, also, as you mentioned, uh, Divine Mercy Sunday is on Sunday. What is Divine Mercy Sunday? That's Why right. are we there's a big it? big celebration coming up at at Christ the King, which I plug. I think it starts the mass starts at three, and there's confessions. Three thirty is mass. Our producer, Deacon Tony, is telling me. 
and there's confessions beforehand. So we mass with the bishop and a really big celebration out there at that parish. But really a, a celebration of the mercy of the Lord. And we know that the first saint canonized in the new, in the new millennium was St. Faustina. And John Paul II, Paul II, now St. John Paul, canonized her as a saint. And she was the one that received that, the, the vision of Jesus asking that this image be presented to the world and that his mercy be made known. Yeah, and there's a great opportunity uh, to receive the Lord's mercy that day. And, and again, it's these celebrations are, that's exactly what they are. They're celebrations. So the church, uh, you know, people think, oh, it's just stuck in its old ways. This is a new festival that we're celebrating. I mean, it's, it's, it's exciting. Uh, so if you can make it down on Sunday to Christ, our King, uh, Christ the King, uh, please do. So we're going to head to a short break, and when we return, uh, Dr. Matt Hallback will be with us. So stick around, and we'll be right back. Welcome to Man Up on Iowa Catholic Radio. We are broadcasting from the Mercy Live Up Studios, heard on 1150 AM, 88.5 FM, and 94.5 FM. I am Joe Stopulis, along with Father Zekowski, and today we are joined by Dr. Matt Halbeck. Dr. Halbach is the director of the St. Joseph Educational Center in Des Moines. He completed his bachelor's degree in economics at the University of Iowa. Go Hawks. Thanks, Joe. Yep. His master's thesis in theology at Franciscan University, Steubenville, in 2004, and completed his Ph.D. in catechetics and religious education at Catholic University of America. That's a mouthful right there. Thank you. 2014. He and his wife, Stacy, live in Ankeny, up north, and have four children. And today we're going to be discussing the topic of his talk at the men's conference, Becoming a Man of Mercy. We're going, Dr. Hallback, are we going to be professional about this? You just say whatever I'm just you call want. call you doctor. Doctor, welcome to the show. Hey, it's a pleasure to doctor. be here. Awesome. Thanks so much for doctor being here. Doctor is in. The doctor yeah. is in. So for our listeners, a lot of our <laughs> listeners were at the men's uh, conference, so they'll be able to revisit some of the things you talked about. But let's let's start it back a little bit further. What is the St. Joseph's Educational Center of which you are the director of? Right. The St. Joe Ed Center was founded uh, over 40 years ago by Bishop Dingman, and really it was a catch-all, a hub for all t- sorts of parish ministries that now take place in the parishes. So right after Vatican II, we didn't really have in the parishes something like youth ministry, adult faith formation, uh, even the RCIA, we didn't have that as well. So the center was really at the cutting edge trying to bring those ministries to the metro area. Over time, that we've sort of developed a niche now where we totally focus on adult faith formation. So we support the 24 parishes of th- this region of our diocese through our website, through talks from me, and uh, and uh, through books uh, that I just wrote. So. We'll talk about the books in a little bit. Yeah. Okay, so your job then, walk me through what's a normal day for you. I know this isn't on the topic of becoming a man of mercy, yeah. but it might help us to understand where you're coming from. Well, it's usually bacon and eggs. Ooh, delicious. Good start. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I get, in the, I get in usually around 8.30, and uh, there's a bunch of email and administrative junk. Usually I'm pre- preparing presentations. Uh, I just had a huge week of presentations last week, so let me give you a week. Okay. So last Sunday... Our last Saturday, men's conference. Sunday, I was at St. Mary's in Elkhart giving a talk on Laudato Si, the Pope's encyclical on the environment. Uh, Tuesday, I was at St. Augustine's giving a talk on reconciliation. 
Thursday, uh, Friday, I was at St. Kate's giving a talk on mercy. And then Saturday, we had a wonderful workshop this past Saturday at St. Boniface on suicide prevention. And Sunday, this meaning, what, two days ago, I was at St. John of Paul in Altoona giving a talk on the Orthodox churches. All awesome. over the place. That's yeah, great. I was nice. everywhere, man. That's great. Well, it's uh, good for you. So yeah. thank you for your ministry. And yeah. obviously with the... Uh, the very long biography and the education is probably a good spot for you to be doing that. So. It is great. So if you at your parish, make sure you uh, if you see it in the bulletin, make sure to attend one of Dr. Halbeck's talks. So let's let's jump into a recent one you did last week with the men's conference. Mm-hmm. You uh, you got about 15 minutes in this program to cover a 50 minute talk. Wow. Good luck. Yeah. Good luck. So can you give us the essence of yeah. what you were talking about? So the well, let me just say it's based on the book that I wrote called "Becoming a Parish of Mercy," which was inspired by a lot of what Pope Francis had to say in "Joy the Gospel" and in his papal bull, which opened the Jubilee Year on Mercy. Uh, so, what is mercy from a bi- biblical standpoint? What are some interesting nuances that the Pope gives us? And I try to put those things together in a book, tell some stories about mercy as forgiveness, mercy as a way to make room for others in our lives, room for new opportunity, new life, and new blessing. Uh, again, a lo- mostly told through stories, a lot of quotes from Pope Francis and from Scripture. Um, another big thrust of the book and of the talk was how do we help men become companions, uh, not only of other men, but of their spouses, if they have them, their children. How do we help them accompany people? What does that word accompaniment mean? It's a word that Francis thinks is critical to evangelization in the church today, something he said, quote, Everyone in the church needs to learn the art of accompaniment, uh, so it's nothing that anyone's excused from. So we talked about it a little bit, and I talked about it or approached it through what are some actions and attitudes of mercy? For example, or unless you want to jump in here, I'll tell a quick story. Go nuts. Okay. So, for example. You can just have the whole time. No, I'm not going to talk the whole time. Yeah, we'll just start yeah. the timer. That's what Al, Al Crested did that. Yeah. <laughs> we yeah. didn't have much time. Father Zach's thirsty. He's just going to drink just some drink water. Him. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so one action word for Francis, which he uses over and over and over in relation to evangelization, is go out. We have to go out. That can mean two things. It can mean go out somewhere to meet somebody. It can also mean go out of our comfort zone uh, in order to bring the message of Christ to others. So a simple example, about two years ago at my parish at Our Lady's Immaculate Heart in Ankeny, it's funny you said Ankeny North, up north, mm-hmm. as opposed to the one south. Well, Ankeny's in Minnesota. <laughs> I know, I, mean, I know. We're just messing right? with you, man. Just kidding. Uh, we, it's such a long drive for us West Emonians yeah. to get up this there. Ra- I don't this know is... if the radio signal reaches No, it doesn't. doesn't it doesn't. Okay. I use it to get, book a flight to get up there every mm-hmm. once in a while, so yeah. I think we are part of the Minneapolis St. Paul Diocese. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but at any rate, um, go out. So at our parish. So like, go out. We go being go out to Ankeny. Yeah, it's yeah, way out of your way. Way out of your way. It's okay. the hinterlands. Okay, enough, enough Ankeny jokes. We've said them enough. All right. <laughs> so uh, the Father, Father Steve uh, committed the cardinal sin of doing away with coffee and donuts, and people literally were booing. Uh, that's not the, a, that's not merciful. My, no, my and kids would. Yeah, freak. yeah. It was just like everyone died that day in the congregation, and then two years later, this was two Easter's ago. He brought it back, and the applause and acclaim from the people. We got coffee and donuts again. This is critical to the story. Uh, it was at that mass. <laughs> it was at that mass that I decided to just put my hands over my kids and pray with them. It's I kind of went out of my comfort zone. I don't normally do that kind of prayer posture. But I just felt called to, and it was after communion, and I think that's significant too, and grace is really present in us, and it motivates us to do things. So I start with my oldest kid. I have four children. 
uh, ages nine, six, five, and two, and, and three boys and a girl. Mikey, our oldest, I put my hands on his head and I said, Mike, I love you. I want you to have a great week at school. Uh, Jesus loves you. Um, be a good boy, you know, something like that. And he says, Dad, that was so peaceful. It made me want to fall asleep. And I took that as a good thing. Uh, it could be a bad thing, you know. But anyway, he says, can I pray over Benjamin? And I said, sure you can, thinking like, wow, we started this chain yeah. reaction of holiness, you know. And he prays over Ben and puts hands on his head and it gets real serious. And he says, as you can imagine, the prayers devolve. And he says, Lord, would you help Ben play with just his toys? And then Ben <laughs> prays over JoJo, and it's totally unintelligible. He just says the word pancakes like three times. And so anyway, as this is happening, there are two women behind us watching this and having completely different reactions. One is loving it, tears down the cheeks. The other one has got her arms crossed and her brows furrowed, and she's just really looking suspiciously at me. And it bothered me. And I'm not confrontational, but I felt called <laughs> to go out and see what's up. So after Mass, I went over to her and I said, is everything okay? And she was upset that I was drawing attention to her. And she said, well, why? And I said, well, you were looking at me like you were upset. And then she puts out her hands in this prayer posture and she says, well, what was all of this? And I said, well, I was praying over my kids. Well, that looks Protestant to me is what she said. <laughs> I said, well, I don't know if it's Protestant. I said, I just happened to be their dad, you know, co-creator. I don't know. Anyway, it's more, so it's more uh, I put the my apostles <laughs> in anything really. Yeah, it's more about cost. Yeah, it's, it's the book after John. So did you did you then lay your hands on her? Head I, I, I said, said what, "This is what you're really wanting, isn't it?" Yeah. No. So she says, uh, "Well, were you pretending to be a priest?" Now she did not know that I was in seminary for a while. And I said, uh, no, believe me, I've tried that. So that really surprised her, that response. And then finally she said, well, that was just distracting. I said, I'm sorry. Then I found myself really going out of my comfort zone and inviting her to coffee and donuts. See, that's why you need there to know that. Wow. And she said, uh, sure, with a question mark, because she wasn't sure if she wanted to go we out. We just pray over each other the whole time. You're going to yeah, love it. the whole You're time. Really it was just, yeah. yeah, yeah. Nobody ate or drank anything. It was just a constant prayer. <laughs> Uh, into a vigil, but anyway, so we, you went out. You went out of we your went comfort out. zone. Then after that, we're having conversation at the table, and then she unloads what she's been needing to unload probably for some time, and she tells us her husband passed a year ago. She's not dealing well with mm. it, mm-hmm. and her oldest son left the Catholic Church, and it's killing her. So she's watching me pray with my boys, and it's bringing all this stuff up. Mm. But this is what Francis is saying: these simple attitudes. Just be cognizant of the people around you and those little promptings from the Spirit. And sometimes you have to go out of yourself and say something to somebody. Meet a stranger in your congregation. Let them sit in your pew, quote unquote. You know, those little things can have huge impact. Well, I think that that's kind of the point of your uh, book that you mentioned, Becoming a Parish of Mercy. Um, and you say in that book that mercy actively pursues, you know, mm-hmm. that we're not just passively sitting by, but we're actually going out and. Right. And you know, the, like the fa- the the father and the prodigal son story, going out to his son. Right. Um, so can you can you maybe talk a little bit about practically speaking for the men listening? How can we be men of mercy? Mm-hmm. How can we put that into practice? I think uh, if you have if you're a family man, I say be attentive to the family around you and be available. And the best way to do that is to get yourself involved. If you can do it each day, great. I know some of you have horrendous work schedules. Uh, not everyone gets banker's hours. But if you can find, carve out some time at least each week, a few times a week, get down on your knees, get down on the floor with your kids, play games with them, ask them how their day was. If you don't feel comfortable about 
you know, with prayer with your children, you don't know what you are to say. Here's a really simple prayer we do with our kids, and I think it's great because it, it puts them, it helps them connect Jesus with everyday moments. Say something like this to them, uh, especially if you're the only contact with you have with your kids is putting them to bed. Say, ask them, what was one good thing that happened today? And then if they tell you, say, all right, let's thank Jesus for that. What's one bad thing? All right, well, let's ask Jesus to help us not do that again. What's one thing you're afraid of? Okay, well, let's ask God to help us not be afraid. And finally, what's one thing you're hopeful for? And then let's ask God to help us wait in joyful hope. These are simple things that you can do as a family man. If you're not a family man and we're talking about mercy with, like, your brothers around you, your friends or coworkers, uh, sometimes it's about going out yourself and having that conversation. Maybe there's someone who's at a cubicle next to you that pumps the music too loud. You're sick of it. You know, maybe you, maybe you lashed out at them some, at some point for doing that. It takes a real man to step up and swallow that frustration and anger and try to talk tenderly to someone and say, look, and reasonably, here, I can't stand how, lo- how loud you listen to your radio. It affects my work, blah, 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 blah. But those conversations are hard to have. Not everyone's wired that way. So even before going out, before setting sail, make sure you got wind in those sails, and that means pray. Ask, ask God to help you speak tenderly, speak reasonably with people. Yeah, and I think, you know, I think back to, again, Acts of the Apostles, and you think of Philip hearing the call of the Lord to tell him, hey, go approach go approach this guy. He's like, what are you talking about? Just yeah. go do it. Well, I mean, obviously Philip was in tune with the Lord, right? So mm-hmm. it kind of goes back to what you just said there, which is that he, he you can have better direction on when you're supposed to step out of your comfort zone if you are praying, right. if you're making that part of your of your daily prayer. And back to the, the Church of Mercy that uh, Pope Francis he talks so often about being a dirty church, about you know being Messy. with the sheep, yeah. you know, Messy. Yeah. Me- and, and and ministering and smelling like the sheep. What are some tangible ways we can do that? So outside of our um, outside of our, our house, so now so you were talking about inside the house with the kids. What can we do uh, as fathers for me and maybe as single people to get out of our house and out of the just into the community? What are some things you would uh, recommend for that? Well, there are so many at your parishes, uh, so many opportunities for community service projects. Service is a great, great way to meet people as well as do good, do justice to the wider community. So I would suggest that first. And if even not through your parish, go to your local library or sometimes at the coffee shops. There's stuff up on the bulletin board asking for help, asking for volunteers. Again, it's a great way to extend service and charity to your neighbor and possibly to meet somebody. Uh, and for those who are seeking that significant other, those are great ways to we, to meet people with good values. Yeah. One of the things we've done uh, with our family, you know, our, our church does a monthly visit mm-hmm. to serve a meal to the homeless. Sure. And I have a four-year-old, two-year-old, and a newborn. Well, Four-year-old and two-year-old aren't going to do a whole heck of a lot in uh, helping us serve a meal as far as physically giving the meal out. All they do is ruin everything and try to eat all the cookies. But they can bring light to a very dark place, right? Mm -hmm. So we've had that said to us. Oh, we've probably done it four or five times with them, maybe more. And they, every single time we're there, our kids run around talking to strangers, Mm -hmm. having fun, sitting in their laps, eating with them. And And the strangers will oftentimes light up. One time it was this gal's birthday, and she just... My daughter starts singing her happy birthday. She was probably three at the time. She just starts singing her happy birthday, and the woman starts crying. Mm-hmm. She says, reminds me of what it's like that, you know, with my grandkids who I don't get to see anymore and yada, yada. So, mm-hmm. again, all we did was show up, mm-hmm. and one of us fed, you know, one of us actually did the meal. The other one just kind of walked around with the kids. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing what you can do to minister with – you can get creative if you think that you're being hampered by the fact that you've got small children and right. they're, you know – 
not great at helping out, there are things you can do. Right. And again, going back to the to build up our own prayer lives, our own relationship with God, which helps us to go out and serve more effectively, be merciful more effectively. Uh, if you haven't gone to adoration before, guys, if you're looking for a little quiet time, it's a great way to spend some time with the Lord. You don't need to spend a lot of time, but it's a great place to have some peace and quiet, which is at a premium for those who have families uh, or for those with busy jobs and lives. So take advantage of that. What are the places around here? St. Pius, Augustine, who uh, else St. has St. Augustine that? and I believe St. Uh, Christ the King, perhaps? Christ the King, I think, yeah, has it I too. I know that. Um, but that's but yeah, a, it's coming face-to-face with... Yeah. Jesus, who is mercy itself, you know, and, and, um, one thing that I think is helpful is to invite someone, you know, let's say you're out to dinner with somebody, invite them just to stop in adoration with you. Uh, I think that's a, a great way you talk in your book about, and I Pope Francis does about mercy being an open door. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you just need to literally open a door, yes. <laughs> open a door to the church for these four people and, and just invite them in. I think another open door would be, um, I was hearing confessions earlier today for our, our grade school kids at the parish and you know taking your family as a father taking your family your wife your children to reconciliation if you're not married uh, or widowed whatever your your life situation is you can always i think set that example or invite people back to to uh, confession we all have friends that say things like well you probably need all afternoon to hear my confession or haven't been in forever and but some of those people, the most merciful thing you can do is gently bring them to confession, you know, mm-hmm. and they may not, they may be a little resistant, but. Well, let me put, and I told the story at the men's conference of a 65 mm-hmm. year old Austrian woman who not so gently invited me to confession because she just flat out asked me the first time she met me, which was over breakfast. It's a long story how we got together, but she just said, when was the last time you went to confession? <laughs> and I said, I don't know, eight years. And then she gasped, grabbed the cell phone. <laughs> pushed fa- uh, one number she had father on speed dial and then called him and then said oh we got to get this young man over to your rectory for confession he's in trouble she drove me there so i mean that uh, that's yeah, a crazy experience yeah. but and and so all those guys are like oh i don't know um you know uh, just listen to the lord and uh, even in those bizarre circumstances where someone's saying hey when did you go to the confession last don't be afraid to open the door and be honest about it i, I remember one time we had a buddy of mine who had he said after he got done with confession, kind of similar thing when we invited him, he said, that'll be the last time I ever say, forgive me, Father, for it's been 15 years since my last confession. He's joking, but he's wow. like, you know, that yeah, was, that's true. He goes, that was an, an incredible experience I've avoided for so long. Right. And, you know, college and some other juicy years in there that we just kind of skip through and lose it. And it's like, hey, we mm-hmm. got to get back to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, one little thing about adoration and, and confession in general is, and we talk about this in the past, is schedule it. Maybe on Sunday, sit down with your calendar and say, is there a lunch hour? So for me, tomorrow, my lunch hour is for adoration. Like, I made it scheduled. That's it. And so that has to be in there. Otherwise, it doesn't happen. Yeah. Right. Um, where can our listeners get your book? So you can order it on Amazon or at iStore. Um, you can also get it at Divine Treasures here in town. Okay. So Divine Treasures, and the name of the book is? Becoming a Parish of Mercy, and it's published by 23rd Publications. Yep. So, Matt, thank you so much for joining us today. My pleasure, guys. Thanks. Uh, We're going to be back in a short break uh, with your 99-second homily from Father Zach. So stick around, and we'll be right back. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Man Up on Iowa Catholic Radio. I am Joe Stopulis along with Father Zach Kautsky. And, uh, well, I'm ready to become a man of mercy. I'm ready to do it. Good. 
I, I'm going to get out. And I there. would argue that you are well on your way. I, <laughs> thank you, Father. Being I, a man of mercy, I appreciate that. And it you takes, can start by getting out of my parking. It spot. takes a lot of time and, and effort on my part. So uh, now for your 99 second homily with Father Zach. Last summer, I was really blessed to be able to go to Poland for World Youth Day, and World Youth Day was held in Krakow and Warsaw. And while we were in Krakow, we went and visited the the shrine and the tomb of of Saint Faustina. Saint Faustina was uh, a young, edu- uneducated uh, nun in a convent of the Congregation of the Sisters of Our Lady of Mercy in uh, Poland during the 1930s. Uh, she was from a poor family that struggled during World War One. Uh, she had only three years of of education, so. Uh, they gave her very humble tasks in the convent. Uh, usually she would work in the kitchen or the garden. However, in that time in the convent, and uh, we got to visit there, uh, she received extraordinary messages, extraordinary revelations from our Lord. And Jesus asked Sister, Sister Faustina to record these experiences, which she compiled into uh, a set of notebooks, and these notebooks are known today as the Diary of St. Faustina. And the words contained in there are God's loving message of divine mercy, which we've been talking about today on the show. Uh, a little, you know, the topic of mercy, that is. The topic of divine mercy is not new to the teachings of the church, but really her, her diary has sparked a, a great movement and a, and a strong focus on the mercy of Christ. And as I mentioned before, St. John Paul II canonized Sister Faustina in, in the year 2000, making her the first saint of the new millennium. And so uh, I ask you to check out uh, the diary of St. Faustina. Check out the words of Christ. You can Google it. You can get that book online. Great excerpts online there. So great saint, Sister Faustina. As much as people love to... Uh to talk about the church being this church of all oh, rules and punishment. We're also the church that just celebrated an entire year of mercy. It's right? the open arms uh, of the church. The open arms of the church. And we've had three it's popes beautiful. in a row who have made that one of their central messages uh, is the mercy of the church. So, again, we encourage everyone to take part. Uh, and, again, take it seriously. The church puts it there for us to grow in holiness. Take it seriously. IO Catholic Radio is listener-supported, so if you could, please consider a tax-deductible donation today by going to iowacatholicradio.com. Thank you again for joining us today on Man Up on Iowa Catholic Radio. For Father Zach Kautsky, I am Joe Stopulus. It's time to man up. Man Up, inspiring men to live out their call to holiness with Joe Stopulus and Father Zach Kautsky. Heard Mondays at 9 a.m. and 9 p.m. on Iowa Catholic Radio. Brought to you by Construction Professionals, Global Tech Services, and Global Aviation Resources. And by John Harada, Farm Bureau Financial Services.